Well, t- Terrell, I wanted to ask you what what um how how did you learn to be so shady? How did you learn? T- how did you hone in your skills to deliver <laughs> shade? You know, have you ever seen American Horror Story? Jessica Lane. Yes, Jessica Lane. Thank you. Supreme, you're just born that way. I'm still waiting for the new one to be birthed so I can lose some of these powers and y'all can stop being like, oh my God. But I'm at this moment in time, supreme. it's just me. <laughs> really? <In the> face. <laughs> so really, Jessica Lane. Have you met one better? <laughs> Who gives shade better than Jessica Lang? <laughs> I hate you, Torrance. I mean, a few. (laughs) I'm still waiting for somebody to top me in the shade game. I've tried. The closest we've ever gotten, and Jalen will get this, is Will. Will and Mm -hmm. I would go back and forth, and like, there would be some cuts after us. Like, damn, he like that one. That one did some damage. Like, shit, might leave some scars. But see, I don't want to deliver shade like that. Like. I, the shade I want to, I just want to make you think in the shade that I deliver. I don't want to like make you feel bad. It unless... shouldn't make you feel bad. It should just make you think. But like, yours damn, does. Is there, is there some just... truth to what I just heard? But you see, it does. It? I can't help that that hurts you. Mm. Mm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. See, the issue with with most people is like, could, could we be as shady as him, Jalen? Probably. Doubtful. Like, we don't want to because we have <laughs> we have we have beating hearts. With yes. Soul. Oh yeah. I, yes. Don't, I lost uh, that at a very in a little bit of empathy. So that's what like, I'm saying. I got all of that, so it's like I can't go there. A little harder for me to disregard your whole feelings and being. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Terrell, I think what your shade does is it reminds me of my family because my family (laughs) okay that's fair is very shady and it cuts deep because they know things about you or they think they know who you are and so when you when you throw your shade i'm instantly brought back to that which i guess speaks to the power of the shade but also (laughs) like i don't know I, you is, just, it's a shared traumatic it's experience. Like, yes, and it's, it's like <laughs> it's like you're a composite of all of my family members. Like you, like you. The power of the shade. Uh, I can't. That agree. is how I feel. I'm not gonna lie, Terrell. It's like yeah. I'm like I'm like. Why do you sound like my fucking aunt or my uncle? My, exactly. Like, why do you collection of southern experiences? Because no, if I'm being completely transparent, 100 get this from my grandmother. Like. Okay. I've shared this story with y'all multiple times. My grandmother was the one who her second husband came in yelling, woke up my cousin, and she ripped a curtain rod off the wall and beat him until he fell asleep. Like, I am that collection of just, what? What you got to say? The fact that you just told that story that she beat him until he fell asleep. He went right to sleep. Like, as if he went to it, took a nap. Like no, He, he did. He woke out. up the next morning, and I bet you he, he didn't yell at him. Uh, she said, "Till he t- beat him till he fell asleep." Wow. And then the savage human that she was waited until this man was remarried and dead to remind all of them that he, she owned the house, had all the insurance money, and had the nerve to sashay into a funeral home in her meat coat in the middle of July. I want to be your grandmother. <laughs> Yeah, so I was like, well, I'm this sure you can understand now. where it comes from. Yeah, no, no, definitely. The, the first audacity one to be like, of it all. Where did your high yellow ass get in from? Why you look so dark? Like, it's just, it was ingrained in me from a young age. Hmm. Practice makes perfect. 
practice mm. or again from one supreme to another <clears throat> i don't know like you is that an did... episode title oh no it's go go dangerously likely go I was like, I, from well, she did pass away and my savagery got just incrementally better so i do think she... there's some truth to that i see i'm really trying to tap into the my, my yeah the grand <laughs> the grandmother's shade like that is some good shade they they endured a lot and i'm glad that your grandmother beat your grandfather's <laughs> ass for yelling like that is, no. i'm glad that happened because like who the fuck and He's yeah like, that's some good shade that's some good shade like yeah i just the grand the grandmothers i'm trying to i'm trying to understand their secrets but you know they don't they didn't tell anything when they were here so i don't know it's all in the cooking it's always postmortem. the good shit <laughs> it always is <laughs> But I'm just, I'm just saying, y'all are here saying that I remind you of family. I helped y'all connect, but my shade is too harsh. I'm just saying. The power of the shade. These are not mutually exclusive things, Terrell. I'm, but you're critiquing and saying like, oh, it, your it shade hurts or does this, but it reminds it you of a, family. It wasn't a critique. It wasn't what does that critique. say about my traumatic family experience, <laughs> <Yeah>. bitch? <laughs> like case and point like, <sighs> shit was rough <laughs> have you so have you been thinking about childhood trauma recently i mean i have so i'm just asking that question um i'm i'm often thinking about childhood trauma because that's what it's like to still be dealing with <laughs> trauma right like is like i don't know i can usually like link like current day problems or or like or like thoughts or feelings i'm having to an adverse childhood experience uh because i mean i've I've eight siblings i don't know if you know that was i've eight siblings i I come from a blended family and like it was an interesting time are you the in the middle oldest youngest seven out of nine so i have two younger siblings and six older siblings wow wow lucky number seven which like you know that's me. I'm just curious. I mean, again, I'm just sitting here curious on how y'all all, uh, how y'all all make it work as friends. And uh, <laughs> Caleb, you've been you've been quiet for a few moments, so I I want to put you on the spot. Okay. How do you have so many friends who are not white? And I'm just seeing two. This this is two right now, but I assume you have other. <laughs> Well, I guess it's just two. How, how do you make this work? <laughs> I guess it's just two. <laughs> how do you make this work? I guess I'm it's curious. Just two. Especially in this climate. And being Idaho born. Yeah, the Idaho born part's interesting because I grew up in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, which is known for some of its very white supremacist groups. And. Um, I don't know. My parents were just never, they always taught us that, that everyone matters, you know, it, it, like, it's not something we like actively talked about, but I was always kind of raised with like, it doesn't like, I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but I'm struggling to find words. It doesn't matter if you're got put on the spot or <laughs> be calling them out, honestly. But, um, yeah, I just really grew up with with like whoever you are, like 
I, I guess we can be friends. I don't know. Like I always saw everyone as equal in my eyes. Yeah. And <clears throat> Coeur d'Alene didn't uh, corrupt that in me. So, but so now I'm here and I don't know. I just, you know, you just connect with different people. And I feel like I've really connected to Terrell and Torrance and I, I guess we make it work. I don't know. I don't know. I, it's I'm probably just always gonna ask it because I because of how because of me knowing Terrell and how he is. I'm just like, how do people put up with this? It's hard. It's very difficult. <laughs> it's a job. I mean, it's certainly a task. Yeah. I mean, I think I think I annoyed Terrell enough to put up with it. That is a fact. Mm. I, but, so, I definitely Terrell gives me Terrell. whiplash. But like, again, you know, it's we're just, just talk about it's it. always funny how I I can be portrayed as a villain or as this like <laughs> very central part in a lot of narratives. <laughs> but like he loves to see himself yes. as the fucking lady. Yes. But, lady okay? but like he's here. Just the connection. Lane. Come on, the, Jessica. Come on, Jessica. But the connection here. Give us of, season seven. <laughs> Torrance, you 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 said you have a white mother and a black father, right? Yes, sir. Talk to me about that because okay, I'll just tell you. I'll just because I'm trying to. I can't stop talking about this. I've been on ancestry. I've been tracing my my heritage, the people that were in my family. I recently found out that uh uh one of my grandmother, one of my grandfathers, was birthed by a white woman. And I believe, and this was during slavery, and I believe that his father was an enslaved person. And the 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 grandmother who birthed him was um, a, a slave master's daughter. So I'm trying to like understand like what that means in that time. So, but it's like then I meet people who have white mothers and black fathers, and I'm like, I don't know. Like I just am trying to think about like culturally being brought up or like how does that give you a sense of how you identify and i don't know i don't even know if this relates to my grandfather i don't know why i said that but yeah well no i i think i'm that's very interesting and i too when i did my 23 and me um le- learned something interesting about my father's like lineage as well as ever there being a um white pairing like a couple of generations ago yeah. uh as as well not not as far back as um slavery but and it, i mean you know interracial marriage was not legal until the 1960s so mm-hmm. i mean it's very it's, it's basically modern era laws uh but i remember like when i learned that that it was definitely like an identity thing right mm. because like i spent my entire life being like oh you know like i'm half black and I'm half white and like that's that's it I didn't think much of it I actually the impetus for doing the 23 and me was like that I was raised by my mom and my stepdad and so and I was step- a lot of dad white no my stepdad's black, black okay no my, no my stepdad's black um and and he's the only dad that I've known but I wanted to know my health reports mm. so I did the 23 and me because I was like I mean I'm becoming an adult like the idea of like having kids at some point like I don't know if I'm carrying around some predisposition for some terrible disease that's going to, you know, hit me when I'm 30 something years old. But then like getting the ancestry reports was like kind of, I don't want to say jarring. Like that's probably the wrong way. Just like really an interesting like identity process. I right. Would, I would because, describe like, it as jarring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. No, probably a little jarring. I was just like, 
it just it changed what I thought I knew about myself, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But didn't change anything about my experience. Like I think we we had we had a little bit of a conversation um, before we started recording about, you know, no one has ever seen me as white, right? Like no, like that is never like it doesn't matter. I've always been mixed, but like law enforcement, teachers, society, yeah. culture, like like culturally, like you especially living in a small like growing up in a smaller southwest michigan town like where there's not a lot of diversity like if you're not white you're black like that's it right like there's yeah. just yeah. right like even though there is like a uh a latino uh population here or latinx population trust me like there's a whole conversation about which one of those i'm supposed to be using right now but to respect all people um there's like a small uh immigrant population here in our, in our town but if you're not white you're black and so like mm-hmm. that was my experience growing up and that's how i was treated uh, but we, in my family, to your, to your question more specifically, my mom comes from like a like well-educated Irish Catholic family from the north side of Chicago, and my dad comes from like a small you know farm town here in Southwest Michigan. And so like the differences in the cultural influences of my families, right? Like like my grandparents, my aunt and uncles on each side, like were vastly different, and they had a really competing influences on me that. In all honesty, like I certainly did some assimilation that now I I have like conflicting feelings about, right? But like it was like I was also gay, right? Growing up in a family where was well, I also am gay. (laughs) (laughs) I also uh, I am gay, but like growing up in the like you know like my dad's family, like very yeah not I mean, I mean very homophobic like yeah. let's just like let's just like call it what it was yeah. right and so like the assimilation was both like probably the cultural influence of like this is what's gonna help me get by right but also from like my sexuality perspective like that was a safer space for me yeah than was like my uh, black family and like the black like my, my black friends at school like who also came from similar backgrounds right so like they were not as accepting. It was really hard. So like that assimilation was definitely about safety as well. But yeah, it it was it was hard. And I'm in, in the especially the conversations that took place last year, like where like for the first time in my life, like my white friends and like my white side of the family were really willing to have these open conversations about race, where it was just really difficult to kind of try to process out loud the effect that that had on my psyche and like on my identity growing up because it did always feel like these two competing things because i was also never black enough for my mm. like my black family i was yeah. always you talk you talk white which like, always pissed me off because like it conflates this idea that somehow like black people can't speak english well right like i can't speak like 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 they have an education like i didn't i hated the conflation of it all but i understand what they're talking about culturally so like it was it was hard it was like it was a lot harder than i think we were able or allowed to talk about until yeah. now and now i feel like my experience as a mixed person really does like has a place in this conversation yeah i mean <clears throat> i i mean i definitely identify with um yeah i, I don't know it's just interesting how uh i feel like so I'm not mixed, but I still ha- was get got the whole. Oh, you talk, girl. Oh, you you. <laughs> I don't know what you said, Terrell. Anyway, no, I, I was just oh. like you mentioned how you did your ancestry and you. Oh yeah, it's uh, true. That like you it, yeah. are. So it's like and, technically, and I, yeah. But it's like that's an important races, part yeah. that gets left true. out of a lot of our narratives of we were enslaved and there is a lot of uncertainty Mi- where we are mixed. I, I have many white people who brought many white people who birthed black people yeah. that, that are where I get my melon from. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I just culturally, I grew up black though. And I just now found out 
that I can have some some whiteness attached to me. <laughs> but a credit score followed. My family still like you know said like oh you act white and oh like why do you walk like this why do you do this mm-hmm. and it's like I mean that I asked you that I asked the childhood trauma thing because I've been thinking about this and just thinking about where I am <clears throat> now it, it's like. I'm finally in a place where I feel like I can like express myself. And I realized like much of the kind of hurtful things that, that I heard from my family, it was about like the way I expressed myself because it was different from how they perceived like a black man to look and act like. Um, And there's still some pushback, like, when my mom sees me wear wear earrings and she's like, oh, why are you doing this? Why are you do-? I'm just like, I get this from you. Like literally, like, <laughs> aren't you, aren't you a fashionista? Aren't you a fashionista? Like, can I not do be the same thing? And it's just like there's this like disconnect on like, at least where it comes with my mother, I feel like she expects because I'm because I'm her son, she expects me to be totally different from her when I'm actually very similar. And I think that's been something that she's tried to, uh, try to, she's tried to ward, ward off our similarities because she feels like, no, you're a man. I'm raising a man, you know, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. (sighs) That's what I think is hard. Right. Is like they, their generation. And like, I've dealt with this like as well, except for like my mom's only brother is gay. And Mm. so like, when there, when we were having these issues as an adult, like I was always like, "How did you let some of this fly?" Right, mm-hmm. like some of the things that were said and done. Like, the only you, your only brother is gay and has been since you you know you've always known this about him. Um, but it is frustrating because like I, the expressiveness, like conflating that with like your masculinity and identity, it's like, well, no, I'm, I'm I am a, I am a male and I do identify as one and I'm very sure about that, right? But that does not have a bearing on how I express myself mm-hmm. to the world. Mm-hmm. Like I am not confused about that just because the way that I'm presenting or something I'm doing or the way I'm expressing myself leads you to believe it has some effect on it. Yeah. That's on you. Yeah. Not yeah. on me. Like that's on your misunderstanding of expression and identity. See, and it's interesting for me because I have the complete opposite experience, right? Like my the way I understood the race and color in America was through colorism like my mom is very light it is not a secret um there's a picture a really great picture of my parents um of them in a limo and ironically coming back from the event that they went to the cops pulled my dad over because they thought my mom was a white female and they genuinely thought he had kidnapped her so like there is a very huge connotation there and my mom um, bless her soul, raised me in that of kind of seeing the difference and understanding me in light skin. My grandmother was very light. She also was there. So when I grew up, I always understood that there were darker skinned people, there were light skinned people, and then there were white people. And I was always raised like I'm in this light skinned place and how that causes differences, this and that. So when I was with my black friends, I got the pushback of, well, why do you talk like that? Why do you dress like that? All of this. But when I went home to my family, that was the expectation. You showed up like this. And my mom appreciated the fact that I had similarities to her for that reason. So we still talk about how close my mom and I are and how um, 
I look like and act like and mannerisms and all that stuff. Because to her, that in her mind was always a success. Like, okay, I raised him well. Like he did the things that needed to. He didn't end up like his father. <laughs> well, That's a whole. <laughs> well, it's it's just like I I also am seeing like just I don't I guess these are things that have always been present in my family. But I'm just now my other relatives have been like, uh, oh, that's ghetto or oh, like you you acting like you from the hood or whatever. And I'm just like, where did where did all of this come from? Like, why can't we celebrate like all of these different ways like to be black? Like they're like, I feel like Mm -hmm. I feel like we are not a monolith. We are not a monolith. Yeah. And it's just like shocking because I'm like when my mom's like my mom's like uh, she's like. She thinks because, like, I'm in a PhD program, like, that I've just completely disregarded, like, hood culture, ghetto culture, or whatever. And I'm like, I talk about all the stuff that I like now. And she's like, oh, that's ghetto. And I'm just like, I, like, we literally come from the hood. Like, we literally have people in jail. Like, what, like, what, what is this, what is this whole thing about, like, trying to, have this image you know what and it, and it's just like i see how trying to i i guess get to that image how it um kind of stops other family members from really truly expressing themselves because it i mean now that i think about it that it kept me from really truly truly expressing myself and i don't know like just because i'm in this I, I, do you mind if program, I like pose a question like, I can't get about this, like kind of to quick. Caleb? Like Caleb, like not being in a situation like us, right? Like obviously, what like what role did masculinity and like toxic masculinity and like those kinds of like gender roles play in your household and like your upbringing? I felt like my childhood was pretty straightforward. Um, my parents are both from the Midwest to the West. Mm. Um, I think my mom was born in, I think. I want to say Northern California and my dad was born in Iowa and I never really think that much about masculinity because I don't know. I just never really had to think about it. I mean, it probably came up in high school with different things that are happening there uh, more than anything. And I think it took me a while to kind of like realize that like there is, there was like, the things where I don't know, like my dad or my mom would like expect me to like be the man of the house or whatnot, but it wasn't something that was like brought up often. Mm. I don't know how to, to really explain that. I, I don't know. I just, I felt like I never really had to think about that, like masculinity and toxic masculinity or any of that with my parents, I just kind of felt like I always knew what their expectations were. And I was also very, they made an environment where I was very open and allowed to like explore that on my own. But I don't feel like it was till college till I, till I started thinking about that in other people. I mean, North Idaho is like, kind of like what you said, Torrance, about um, Southwestern Michigan is like, if you're not white, you're black. Like, and there was nobody there that wasn't white. Like, I think it's one of the widest places in the country. How does it how does it how does it feel to be around so many white people? 
So being around a lot of white people, I feel like has been my whole life. Mm. And I don't know, like you just don't, that's a really good question. I feel like I have to think about that for a little bit. Like, like I still have friends and stuff from Coeur d'Alene and high school and middle school and whatnot. Some of them are in Boise with me. Some of them aren't and whatnot. And like, I just never had those conversations about different experiences. I never had, I never got to see into the, like the lives of others because while there was different experiences and I guess diversity and thought and whatnot in like these all white places, especially in Coeur d'Alene and Coeur d'Alene is kind of a weird place because you have, there's two high schools in Coeur d'Alene and one is known as like the rich and wealthy one. And that one was down the street from me. So that's the one I went to. And then there's another high school that's way newer, um, just built newer and whatnot. And that's like where the poor kids go. And I don't want to say that as offense, offensive or whatnot, because that's not really 100% accurate, but that's just kind of how it was seen in some parts of Coeur d'Alene. And Coeur d'Alene has very, it's like a resort town for super wealthy white people and just generally wealthier people that happen to be white as well. And then there's some, there's some lower income neighborhoods too. And so there was definitely like a difference between like wealth. And I saw those experiences um, somewhat through high school and just my upbringing in general, but it wasn't until like I got to Boise and I really started to get involved with people that weren't always white, you know, that I, at my, I felt like my worldview started to open up a bit. Like it felt like, I was only seeing one part of the world out of the many that are out there, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So I don't, I didn't realize it was a, like a limiting factor until much after I got out of there. What was like being white or being wealthy? Being kind of to your, like, yeah, kind of both, but into your, um, your question yeah. being like around so many. Place. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because from what you from what you you told, um, it seems like even though there was like, you know, racially they were like these were all white folks, but then there was still division based on class and like I feel like that is really interesting because it's like, you know, I think of I don't know, you think of like all like communities that are just uh, made up of just one racial group. And then there, there's still so many divisions within that community. And it's just interesting to hear, like, I guess how it comes up for you. And then just knowing how it comes up for me as well. Like just like the class differences, even within um, already like, well, yeah. 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 I, I just think it makes the point that like as black people, when there is diversity present, we become the scapegoat for those same problems, right? Mm -hmm. Like they exist in an all white population. They are called class, like or there's a, there's a class mm. uh, difference there, but like there's still this condescension. There's still this like this seeing yourself as better than another, right? Like not necessarily you, Caleb, but like more on a like, societal level mm -hmm. in those spaces. But I think that like that just transfers over to like, oh, well they're lazy, poor, they don't want to work too black people like it just yeah. it just gets the big the blame gets shifted because right then that like that power structure mm. 
it drops it drops down mm-hmm. now like and that's yeah. just like an observation that i'm kind of i understand and, and know but i'm making based on this example but i i gotta say though i wasn't ever brought up with that kind of blame going around my household either like in the friends that i chose and whatnot came from all different walks of life and it was never like i never put myself in the groups that did do that although there was plenty well intention i mean be like intentionality is a huge part of yes. being culturally aware right like having good intentions is one thing but like being intentional about your behavior about your thoughts about your decisions about your motivations like that is really i think the huge key to that like not just being a like white liberal but actually mm. being like a liberal ally mm. to the community ally. is like having like reflective like like self-introspection which i like believe that you do mm-hmm. like and you you take in new information and you pivot when it's necessary um i mean this has just been like a hey caleb do you feel good about yourself uh last like seven minutes well but it it's is good true. i mean, I mean this we is, need to humble somebody this is this is no we're gonna keep this energy we're gonna keep this because this is kind of like been what we've been doing we, we focused on caleb we focused on torrance we focused on a a little bit so yeah like that's that's yeah this is how i this is how i do things I don't, yeah, go black boy, go. I don't throw shade at people, not often. Uh, there it is. I was gonna say that's a, he damn, said. Bro. He said dot dot dot. Not he saw my eyes and knew. <laughs> um, uh, no. Yes, but I do know how to put it in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> Those edits gonna make a huge difference, I'm sure. <laughs> well, yeah, no. Yeah, this is this is just interesting because you know. As much as I like trash talk white people, I guess I have to acknowledge sometimes. Good. I guess I guess I have to acknowledge sometimes. Like there are some good white people out there, like that I even have been meeting in in Eugene. Like, just yeah, I've been meeting uh, some good white folks here in Eugene. I don't want to talk about it too much because I don't want to give white folks that much. Um, oh, God. but, but let's draw a line real quick. But then it's like it's like it's like I. It's like boundaries, though. Yes, it's like you know I I also have to teach, and most of my students are white, and um, like I'm I used to be afraid of like addressing black stuff with them, even though I knew they needed it. But I I was afraid of addressing it because of. I didn't know the reactions, even though Oregon is supposedly liberal. Um, it's it's very much like Alabama, and um, there's a city in yeah. Oregon that is liberal. That is the key. <laughs> yeah, even but even even in that city, even is, the city, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, that was a black moment. Same <laughs> and everything. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, like I used to be. Yeah, I used to feel uncomfortable, but then I was like. No, they need this. I I need this for myself. I need to tell y'all what what's going on, and I just yeah, I, I, I it it kind of goes to the code switching thing you brought up, Torrance. Like you was like, I know how to code switch with the best of them, and and I think one thing that I'm trying to do is not code switch. Like I'm like sure. I'm like no, the white folks are gonna get hood Jalen. And my family's gonna get hood Jalen. It's just gonna be a little fabulous and a little okay. sweet. And it's just I'm gonna stay the I'm same the whole right. time. See that I wanna so can I kind of like uh, 
like push a little button here like to for a conversation right because like i'm really i like how like you put this lens on it right and like you kind of push back on like white culture and like expectations and like i like that framework but i'm gonna ask this question because as a mixed person i live at, at the intersection of these two things and my life is like but like god forbid god forbid like we push these same back push back these same questions on my on, on my black family yeah. like these like question some of our own like like homophobia right like rampant homophobia like those things in our community like do we have enough conversations about how like because of the oppression that we have experienced how how un like um willing we are to address some of our own internal mm -hmm. like cultural issues that are like aside from race that are like just as important because they are hurting our own people too but even race but like even even, even race like, i mean for the, the, the sake that like you know i was probably like seven or eight when i was like being told by my own black cousins like you talk white i'm like yeah, i'm yeah, literally same, seven same, i'm literally seven same. like and what the, do you want from me like and the colorism right like there is genuinely an issue in black culture of the light skins versus the dark skins hell what four years ago Cavaliers were the dark-skinned team, Warriors were light-skinned team, and that was a literal conversation that was happening on Twitter. And me, being who I am, I do like the Warriors. I don't like LeBron James. That's a whole other side topic thing. But like people were judging and feeling like, well, of course, the person who thinks they're light-skinned will go to the light-skinned team. Not sharing too much, but Jalen, like when... I was in Montebello. We had some really serious conversations about this too. And it, just the division that it causes. So I, I'm just here to echo Torrance's point of, yeah, I love that we're pushing on the white folk, but I also think it is important to recognize that there is some real serious harm that is done in the black community by ourselves, because we still have this idea that, well, the white people taught us that if you're wealthy and if you're here, that means X. So how can we divide here? Because maybe, just maybe, Master might like this group more than that group, and we might get moved up to. And that's the thing. Know. That's the thing. That's where I don't have time for it anymore because I realize that it the the root of it is white supremacy. Like mm -hmm. the fact the fact that I can't just be my pretty self around my family members and and they just you know not make comments hurtful comments about it and i think that is why like now i'm much more at least just for me just for me i'm much more willing to just be who i truly am in front of them because i'm like you need to see this you need to see that when i when i because i've removed myself from the expectations of white supremacy i am fully being myself and if you have an issue with it, that that's your issue. It doesn't have anything to do with me. And it's like I, I realize that, you know, a lot of a lot of my family has a lot of trauma just from generational trauma and personal trauma, has a lot of trauma that they're working through, that they don't have resources to work through. Um, and, you know, a lot of it is that is like, you know, yeah, when you go against the mold, when somebody goes against the mold, it's just like, yeah, how do we, how do we, how do we make sense of this? Um, and yeah, I don't know, like, I don't know, Torrance, for you, it's, it's, I think you would have to find a good mix on how, how you, like, 
to to mix your cultures and be like, okay, this time I'm gonna act between these two cultures. This is a mixture of these two cultures, and this is what you're gonna get. You're gonna get this mixture, and if y'all don't like it, oh well. If y'all don't like it over here, oh well. You know, it was it was like honestly that was one of the like positives of last summer for me that it was like even some of like and here's the thing like I'll be vulnerable from like even my some of my like I think own siblings like who more closely identified and like lived more culturally and like uh, um in our black culture that like I do speak differently than a lot of my siblings I do carry myself differently than a lot of my siblings that like they saw this as like a complete rejection right of like my black identity and it wasn't and it, it absolutely was not that like do i did i have some trauma for our community absolutely did like did like was there an assimilation out of like a fear like a like for safety absolutely but like this was never like some conscious like idea that like oh i don't want to be black right like that's not what it was and it wasn't until last summer where like i was like okay you guys can say you act black but let me tell you about our history let me tell you about our people let me tell you about the oppression we face like my facts like the education i have like gave me that agency to be like you can say and think what you want but i do know my shit why i do know what i'm talking about why are we on the same like you and i are right here like i was last year was very that for me and then also like yeah just just i think knowing the history and knowing what just knowing the history and just particularly for me, knowing that gay, lesbian, trans, and uh, gender nonconforming people have always been a, a part of the Black community and my own family, like, I, I think I had, like, I think I just, because it, like, kind of gets repressed, like, it just mm-hmm. kind of, like, is like a hush kind of thing that, you know, and, and there is, like, shame around it that I kind of adapted that shame and 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 there was a period where yeah the assimilation phase um where i was it's a thing um oh, where, no. totally. yeah i'm not laughing because I'm no 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 i'm laughing because i was that no that's yeah i know you you, you uh, we talked about it um yeah but um yeah there was that assimilation phase where i was like okay if and this was when i was trying to assimilate to be in the gay community because i was like okay you know if I can't be gay and black over here, I'll just kind of try to fit in yeah. with, yeah, be gay. And then, th- then it was like really damaging. Cause I was really avoiding like the blackness. And that was, that was what was helping me survive was the blackness. And so mm-hmm. I really had to tap into myself and, and know my history. And then just kind of like, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's, it's a struggle. It really is a struggle because it's like, I, I, I really love my family and I really want to be myself around my family. But it's like, I think that little child in me is still very hurt and bothered by a lot of things. And so it's like when I'm, when I'm interacting with them and like, you know, trying to like, I, like I'm just trying to right now, I think the thing that's driving me towards my family is really, I want to know more about my grandmothers. Like, all all of these great women that I don't know have passed and the only living people that are able to tell me things are the relatives that have said homophobic shit to me and it's like I really want this bond and it's but it's like something something kind of holds me back but then I'm just I always have to fight it but then then they then they Terrell me and like say comments and then I'm just like oh 
<laughs> it's uh, was you that just verbed, <laughs> verbed it's Terrell, did, which did I, I like. I do mm. appreciate. Uh, uh, well, I, like, well, but like to that to that point, like I was kind of in the same position. Like the little boy in me is hurt about the things that were said to him, and like and and the things that I experienced. But like last summer was like that opportunity for me to be like some of my family has made me feel excluded from my blackness right mm -hmm. like in my 23 and me being like look was like kind of great for me because i was like actually it doesn't matter what you guys think like this is who i am this is this is who i am and actually like i cannot divorce myself from it neither can you mm -hmm. but it was also like it, the like activism of last summer gave me this opportunity to actually like look at my siblings look at my family members and be like well what is just your performative being for the community and what is actually being oh. for the community? Cause it was like, yeah. they like, right. Like them who say like, I'm the one who's showing up on the streets. I'm the one doing the activism. I'm the one educating others. Y'all are just talking about the plights of our community. I'm like, what is actually being a part of it? Right. So like, it was, it was good for my identity to like, to be like, actually, you don't get to tell me what I am a part of and what I'm not a part of and what I represent and what I don't represent because I do. When I walk out in the world, like that is who I am. Mm -hmm. And it, it was just like a more of a power thing, like taking mm -hmm. back, like, it was like, I needed the approval of my black family that like, I'm black enough you, because I was always told I wasn't. And some, and I was like, actually, I don't give a fuck. You, st you still do need the approval of, of the, of the black ancestors. You do. No, you don't. No, you and don't. I think I'm getting, I'm I think I'm getting their up. approval. No, you don't. I, I, I'm going to have a vulnerable moment, a slight one. Um, yes. So, Please see, and then you say stuff like that where I'm like, "This is why you get Terrelled all the time." No, Terrell, <laughs> stuff please. Like that. I, 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 this I is want, not a thing. We no. are not starting this. No, Terrell, I want nothing more than for you to be vulnerable. This is the space where you can do that. Um, but you don't, you don't need to approve of your ancestors, and I, I think that is another system that is high key rooted in white supremacy because. It's the ancestors who are the ones who made us feel the way that we do and taught us the colorism and taught us what it meant. Like, you can respect them and own. Um, I have ancestors who worked in the fields. My grandmother is the granddaughter, the direct lineage of a former slave. Her parents literally existed as they were coming out and they were sharecroppers. So there is a respect there. But, and this is where my difference is from others in our community. When my grandmother used to call me out because I didn't want to get my hair cut, <laughs> I was fine being like, this is who I am. Like, I, I can't just cut my hair because you want me to. I don't like how I look. It doesn't make me feel comfortable. It makes me feel small. When she called me out for being too skinny, all of those things, there was, there was a comfortability that her and I were able to develop and the reason we were so close because while she might not have liked it and I told her no once and she beat my ass with a wire hanger. Like there were moments. Wire hanger. <laughs> there was still a comfortability though that she recognized that I was figuring out who I was and she was going to be there and she was going to guide, but she wasn't going to step. Yeah. And after she passed away, and this is the vulnerable moment, her brother decided he wanted to kind of take the throne now as the the elder, the oldest one, because he was like third in line at that point. And he says some really harmful stuff. Now, in our culture, I'm supposed to just sit there and listen. I'm not supposed to say anything. I'm supposed to let him disrespect my grandmother and my mom at the funeral. 
But my black ass got up and called him out because we can't allow that kind of harm to keep happening in our culture. And I burned hella bridges. I still don't talk to a part of my family because I stood up. I asked the pastor to get him down. I cried in front of a mass of people as I tried to calm things down because my cousin is now pissed that my great uncle has said some really harmful stuff. My mom is crying and I'm looking at my dead grandmother in front of me. I have this moment. And still to this day, family is like, you should have forgiven, forgot. You should have done this. You should have done that. But my ass walked over to him and said, if you really feel that way, I don't want to see you in life or death. I don't care. You're not invited to the... Um, burial. You're not invited to the repast. After this funeral is over, you can walk your ass out that church, get in your car and go home. And if I see you again, you're lucky. And we we need to do that because we let the elders and the ancestors get away with so much shit and so much harm just for like the good graces of being a happy family. And I just say, fuck that. I'm, I, I truly say, fuck that. And it's harmful as hell. It's harmful yeah. as hell. And I've like I had to go to therapy to because, away because I because I have an inability to not say it now as yeah. an adult like as a kid yeah my mouth was shut because wasn't oh, no yeah. one trying to get wasn't no one trying to be introduced to a switch that day <laughs> but as an adult I'm like oh oh yeah you say the wrong thing there's consequences to your actions in adults they well, weren't quick that day well something I mean something that I realized which is one of the reasons why I have have had trouble uh standing up for myself is that my so my family they like to physically fight that's how they like to settle arguments uh, yours is like that too <laughs> i'm like that you're like that <laughs> you know this <laughs> well they like to physically fight and so it's like when there's a disagreement or a dispute it doesn't get settled with words it gets settled with fighting and so i think what i grew up uh, understanding is that oh if there's a conflict and you say anything about it you're gonna get beat up and so Mm -hmm. so that kind of learning that really hindered me when I moved off grew up like moved off on my own because like I was I was allowing people to take advantage of me and then I would have conversations with my family and they'd be like why are you letting people do that to you I'm like now now I'm like did y'all teach me did y'all teach me how to stand up for myself (laughs) the only thing you taught me how to do was fight and i don't i've never gotten in a fight before and i never want to but um (laughs) but but it's like but it's like it's like when you when you i appreciate what you what you uh broke down terrell um because that is something that i need to kind of think about because i guess we can't put the ancestors on this pedestal because mm-hmm. it, it will kind of hinder the growth of us and in our family yeah. and also yes a lot of what the ancestors passed down like with your grandmother being a, you said a sharecropper right she was a child of one yeah oh child child of one though like her talking about your hair and your 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 weight she's thinking of you know the yep. folks before her and she's like well this wasn't how it was before and and just it's probably i mean it's most likely coming out of protection but mm-hmm. it's like it's still you know damaging in a way um so yeah i don't know like i'm i'm so iffy with well i'm not iffy with my family i'm just like 
I love them and I'm trying to work through trauma. That's where I am with my, my family. My sister and I just talked a couple of days ago and it's funny you mentioned like not fighting and all that jazz because um, <laughs> we were talking about if it can't be settled with a fist, then it's not worth my time. Like that, that was an actual quote that both of us said to one another of if I need to do more than just punch you in the face, then there is a problem and I need to remove myself, right? Like that that's how I was raised. Again, I shared the story, pulled a tire or a curtain rod off the wall, got suspended from um, the plant. That's my grandmother still, because a foreman grabbed her butt and she grabbed a wrench and slapped him across the face. Like I've always been <laughs> I've always been raised in this way of if you can't show up for yourself, who the hell's going to? Now, someone else might come for you after, and you can figure that out. But in those moments, in those spaces, you just you got to do what you got to do. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I, I mean, this was a therapy session, so I think yeah. I'm a little drained. <laughs> we got, we got into that. We got into that. Yes. Yes. And all I have to say is, go, black boy, go. Well, thank you guys for coming on to have this very um, warm and deep and special conversation. Um, we're going to continue this conversation on Dangerously Likely. So to hear part two, you can you guys can go over to there. Thank you all so much for just being so open. Well, thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. I'm still mad I got turned into a verb, but I digress. I don't think it's a special thing to be turned into a verb. Yeah, yeah. I was like, let him front like he's mad. Let him front like he's mad. Is it a good thing to be turned into a verb? The Supreme is happy. (laughs) I thought you were the motherfucking Supreme, bitch. I am. When was Jessica Lang ever turned into a verb? Exactly. I don't know. I think we're always dangerously likely to be Terrell. (laughs) Terrell, yes. 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 He's throwing up no signs. <laughs> That's the Terrell sign. You got Terrell, bitch. That ain't no Terrell sign. <laughs> Although I do be talking like I do be pointing people's face like that. Like, if you don't get the fuck out of my face. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs>